We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good morning, everybody. I'm Bart Winkler, The Bart Winkler Show. We are waiting for the Packers to either lose to a Broncos team so we can all panic or beat them so we can just sigh of relief and move on with our lives. We're going to talk Bucks this episode. Justin Garcia is joining us from the Bucks Radio Network. Uh, although I should warn you, it's like a 50-minute conversation. The last 10 are wrestling. And then in the other 40 minutes, there's a very sports and stuffy uh, off-ramp to self-checkouts, which is a good conversation, but I'm just, I'm I'm warning you, okay? You have to do that when you advertise yourself as the sports alternative. And then essentially we give a history of the self-checkout lane. Uh, It came up because I had another Karen moment at Metro Market. And uh, I'll tell you about that when Justin's here. But for whatever reason, that that, that place like changes my brain frequency. Like uh, I watched the Paw Patrol movie with my kid. First time ever at a movie theater for him. We, We delayed that. But they get, spoiler alert, the the Paw Patrol gets these crystals that enhance something about them. You know, it's a very superhero trope. So all of a sudden, Marshall, the fire pup, can control fire, okay? Um, Chase, who's on the case and very fast, he can super speed, all right? Me, cranky curmudgeon man, I walk into this place and it amplifies that in me. So... That's what Metro Market uh, does for me. I will tell the story with Justin, but basically, I mean, I, I clearly overreacted, as is always the case. But that story to come, and then it drifts into. So if if you if you're if you're just here for Justin and Bucks content, do, 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 fast forward button, but that's okay. Um, do have a voicemail on the Bucks? A Carlos plays voicemail. 402-915-BART. And then I think it goes into the Packers a little bit, but here's Dan. Hey, Bart B. Uh, sorry for Wendy. And I'm walking my dog Saturday afternoon. Shitty weather, but... Uh, yeah, just wanted to tell you, I uh, was just listening to you on ESPN with Ty Wendy talking about the bus. Uh, 
great job there talking about Giannis and Dame and how Giannis is just, you know, he's just a normal guy living in Milwaukee, and I think that's why he would resign. And yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with you there. And um, yeah, this is about um, you ended the uh, podcast talking about Jordan Love with Ty, and um, I saw something today that really changed my mind about Jordan Love. I was at the game versus the Lions. He just looked awful, but. At the same time, you got to give him the benefit of the, benefit of the doubt. Like you've been saying, I don't think he goes well with uh, Matt Lister. And Matt Lister doesn't really go well with the Packers. But I saw something today where it said, if we gave up on Gordon Love, we're almost giving up on Peyton Manning. I'm not saying he's Peyton Manning, but I'm saying that you got to give him a season. They go, I don't know, 2 and whatever, 2 and 15. I still think you got to give him next year. Uh, see how he does. Maybe they'll really improve. Maybe they'll fire Matt Lafleur, and maybe they'll uh, change it up a bit. Um, what else? Uh, no, I think he's just got to give me a chance all year. Um, I mean, as long as they go to him fifteen, you obviously got to draft Caleb Williams if you're drafting. This is your first pick in the draft. First, uh, uh May from wherever he is. <laughs> Well, that's a little from uh, Dan Drake May plays at Carolina, um, so that's look the Packers. If they were going to be in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes, they would have started Sean Clifford all year and uh, entertained trades on Jordan Love. So I still think that you're somewhere within a six to ten window or seven to ten. Seven to ten is what I said at the beginning of the year. Um, looking at them now, I'd say it's more of like a six to nine. Kind of window, which would be, I mean, Rodgers, of course, six wins in his first year. But on the inverse of that, um, let me transition from giving up on a quarterback after five weeks to the playoffs are still very much in, uh, in, in, they're very much possible. Just hear me out for a second. Philly and San Fran and the Lions are all going to win their divisions. Uh, they are the elite three in this conference. Then you have an NFC South winner, okay? Then you're going to have a hodgepodge of teams right now sitting at like three wins. The Seahawks, the Rams, the Commanders, the Falcons, the Saints. So I'll say again, the Seahawks, the Rams, the Commanders, the Falcons, the Saints. Uh, I think we can assume Dallas finds their way into a wild card spot. So I've said five teams. So of these teams, the Seahawks, Commanders, Falcons, Saints, uh, and I'll put Packers and Vikings, Rams. The Seahawks, Commanders, Rams, Falcons, Saints, Packers, Vikings. Two of those teams are going to be playoff teams, believe it or not. So that's a lot of mid, and the Packers could be one of those teams. Now they should get a again. I'm not let, let, I'm just saying what I'm saying is that the NFC six and seven are going to be two teams where you go, oh, you know, um, they're gonna fight their way to get there. And, you know, it could be Washington. It could be Atlanta. Who, who knows what these teams are going to look like come then. Tampa could be one of those wildcard teams with, if another team wins the South. But what I'm saying is that's a pretty wide window where Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre, Jordan Love. I mean, you would hope that the Packers have a team that can compete in those groups. But we'll see. Uh, you beat the Saints. You lost to Atlanta. You really haven't played anybody else uh the lions the, the raiders are three and three 
you know, all of a sudden that loss doesn't look as bad if you're trying to get the Packers into a guaranteed rate bowl. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, it, it depends on what happens against this Broncos team in terms of how the direction of the season goes. They, they beat the Broncos team and it's back to status quo. It's back to, all right, uh, Jordan loves development. What other pieces are coming along? Uh, all that kind of stuff. Defensively, they lose to the Broncos team. There's going to have to be existential questions uh, that we have to ask ourselves. And I don't know what those are going to be yet. Uh, you, it could maybe be the worst of the worst, but you cannot lose that game. Not after a bye week. I don't care if the Broncos are at home uh, illegally playing in high altitude. And I don't care if Sean Payton gets more respect than Mike McCarthy, even though they've had the same career. Uh, although Mike McCarthy's never been suspended for a year. I don't care about all that. You have to win this game. You, you're, you have to win this game if you're the Packers. Now, I'm not going to take them in my survivor pool because I'm scared shitless. I don't know who I'm going to take. I think I have to take Seattle over the Cardinals. If you're still in the Splash Sports Survivor Pool, that's awesome. If you've been doing the pickums, I might uh, take a break from that. We're getting like 20 people in. It's still a quick way for some to win 100 bucks, but less enthusiasm for that as there was a month ago. If you still like doing the pickums, Splash Sports is plenty. So you can still do the pickums for 5, 10 bucks. I am not personally going to create a contest and then tweet about it eight times throughout the week this week. I'm just going to take a week off from that, but um, feel free to join one of the other contests. Of course, feel free to, you want to talk about 25, uh, use 25% off. Every time you go to happyplacehemp.com. promo code is Bart gummies, tinctures. What would we go with last night? Last night we went with the CBD CBN and uh, the same thing happens as when I normally take those. I took them. Uh, and then I'm expecting right away, am I going to be asleep? Am I going to be asleep? But then I eventually, so I'm sitting on my phone, and then I eventually get to a point where, oh, I need, I need, I need to, I need to fall asleep. And that, so personally for me, that's why I like these so much is because historically I'll get to that point and then I'm up for another two hours. But the gummies have helped immensely in that. So. That is very good. Uh, I did have to take a nap. Not that I didn't have a good night's sleep because I was up early for TV. Your boy, back on TV. So overall, I probably got a good nine hours today. Hey, I almost I almost just went uh, 855-212-4227 because, you know, in a pause, sometimes you'll say the phone number and that's the CBS phone number. And clearly that is a force of, uh, habit happyplacehemp.com promo code is bart 25% off every order and then quickly there's some new olympic sports uh cricket which should be an olympic sport i'm excited that this is an olympic sport because i want to like have at least some understanding of the rules cricket happens all the time and i have no idea how it happens so that is getting added um, baseball and softball, those should be there. Flag football is like the most boring thing to watch. Worse than pickleball. Flag football is not an Olympic sport. This is insane. Lacrosse and squash are confirmed. Okay, that's fine. Flag football is, I have takes on that. Are we are we sending our our NFL guys to play this? Are there like flag football people specifically for? I like what are we? I don't like it. 
I have takes on that. I'll have to process those. Maybe the CBS audience will get those this week. All right, coming up on the Dan Shaney YouTube stream as well. You can check him out, Dan Shaney. But on the Dan Shaney YouTube stream, uh, Justin Garcia will be joining us. Justin Garcia with the Bucks Radio Network coming up next. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com. I am joined by Justin Garcia. What a treat it is for him to be here. He is uh, with the Bucks Radio Network, of course. Um, Justin, look, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news or, you know, overreactionary guy, but three for 10, man. This damn <laughs> thing. This damn thing's not working. That's. <laughs> um... Yeah, that's what I left uh, thinking too. Like, I mean, it's great to see Dame, but he's going to hit more than thirty percent of his shots, right? Like, this is, uh, yeah. Uh, and also, fourteen points isn't going to cut it. Like, we were kind of no. hoping you and Giannis would combine for sixty, especially in a preseason game. I mean, seventy-five of the best players in the world, and he was named on the list. And I'm thinking Grayson could have got me three for ten, you know. <laughs> So this is obviously a big deal. Damian Lillard is a Milwaukee Buck. Um, how did you first like hear about it? Um, when when did it become like? Because it's still watching this game on Sunday and every preseason game and then regular season game that we'll watch. It there's going to be a moment of, oh my god, Dame, Dame's a Buck. It, it's been we've been a franchise and a fan base in a state that's always wanting to trade, like make the massive swing and they never do. And the bucks went out and did it. And, and it's still kind of hard to believe. 
Well, um, so like that last part first, that's the interesting part is that, you know, the, the 2021 team was basically homegrown. I mean, you, you make the trade for PJ Tucker, you signed Brooke Lopez, but he had developed here in Milwaukee to the player that he was, but Giannis and I know Chris started with the Pistons, but they were basically, you know, your guys that you developed. And, um, if, if the same result happens this year, it's not going to be the same feeling that the Bucks are suddenly that team. I don't think it's it's quite. Uh, my apologies for the reference, but it's it's not quite Warriors levels where people are already up in arms of like, why is Kevin Durant allowed to play there? But like, you're closer to that than you are the little engine that could small market team when you have Dame Lillard coming here. I know it wasn't. You know, Dame said he wanted to come here and whatnot, but like that's what the Bucks are trending towards. So that's going to be interesting to monitor throughout the year, just to kind of see the public sentiment. Because especially if they're really good, uh, there's going to be this initial feeling of man, this is so fun. Like Giannis and Dame, we've seen it in All Star games, and this is one of the more fun super teams because they are a super team with those two guys. But if you keep winning, that sentiment is going to change. So that's going to be an adjustment for Bucks fans. In terms of like when it happened and how I found out, it was strange because that day, um, uh, as most true uh, basketball nerds, I subscribed to quite a few like podcasts and whatnot. And one of them is Mark Stein's um, what news Substack that he does. And I got a notification. Steinline is that still yeah. what it's called? The Steinline? Um, or did he I not have the right? So I mean, I, I should know because I'm, I'm giving him money on a monthly basis, but <laughs> I think it is the Steinline. Um, but they have a Discord, which, by the way, I never use. Like it, that's the ultimate. Like this is a step too far for me that I'm just going to jump in these chats and like hang out with basketball fans. But uh, I realized I had it on my phone, and I got a notification from it of somebody posting a chat of it was something like, "In what world do the Bucks have the assets for Dame Lillard?" And uh, you read it and you just think like, yeah, I, I agree. Like, why are we even talking about this? And it was like 10 minutes later then that you open up Twitter or wow. uh, start to get texts. X, I'm sorry if that's what you refer to it as. Nope. And I uh, found out through that of like, holy, holy shit. Like this actually happened. It is crazy. And I think that um, what I've been arguing is that it should be like people should be treating this like it's KD to the Warriors. They should be treating it like it's LeBron joining the Heat. I mean, this is this is a massive deal. And I straddle the line of like, because I so on Sunday night I'm doing my CBS Sports Radio gig, and I'm telling Lions fans, okay, I'm telling Lions fans, there's going to be things that happen. Just just don't buy into like you're going to get you're going to start to get mad because I remember when the Brewers started getting good, and then people were just obsessed about the power rankings, yeah. like. The power, like, how are we fifth in the power rankings? We should be fourth. The fourth best team is the Braves. We just beat the the best record in baseball. Yeah. I'm just saying, it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter. So, what I tell Lions fans is sit at five and one, coast behind, like, use the draft of the, you just coast behind the Niners and the Eagles. Like, lose now, lose now, and like, let the Eagles and Niners keep winning. And you're the team that's like, "Uh, should we pay attention to them? But I'm always saying, don't like, don't fall into the traps of the national narrative. And then um, whenever it comes to the Bucks, like they're the team that gets me all tribalistic about, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Because I did that. Cause it like, 
there's a national narrative on the Packers and then the Brewers and whatever. And it's all, but with the Bucks, it's like they trade for Damian Lillard and they were almost getting criticized for not perfecting basketball. It's like they trade for Damian Lillard. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. But before you call them, before they're a hundred out of a hundred, they might only be a 98 out of a hundred. Like they, 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 the Celtics over here at a 90 out of a hundred, you know, they're, they're still like, I just, I don't get the sudden rush. Like you should, this is going to be insane. Um, And there was a lot of water thrown on it. And it bothers me because those voices do carry a lot of weight on how the league is covered. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is um, as you know, and I think others that if basketball is your favorite sport, you really like there's four, five, like you can count on one hand the national voices that have a platform where you know like well, they actually watch not just the lakers and the knicks and all the coastal elite teams like they're actually watching a decent amount of other teams and uh, i'll take their opinion um and put some value behind it for the most part the others just don't so that's why um I- i've always i don't know been irked is the right word but it's always funny to me when we get up in arms over what the national perspective is about the Bucks, or like, you know, case in point, what, two, three weeks ago when uh, all of a sudden the Bucks are the, the title favorites, the Celtics get Drew Holiday, and now the Celtics are the title favorites, and we want to be mad about that, which to one extent I agree of like, whoa, where, not to say that, that Drew was ever not viewed as a good player, but where was this? We've been the him? one screaming to the world right. how good Drew is. Right. Like, where was this the last three years? I agree. He's a very, very good player. Um, but when you hear about some people talk about what he's going to bring offensively, that's when you know, like, okay, so you just didn't watch or you watched once or twice in the playoffs. So, like, I get that. But just the whole I'm going to be upset because I think the national media doesn't care about the Bucks. I mean, do the – do the national media care? No. Do they like go out of their way to not care? I don't think so. I, I think it's more just out of sight, out of mind. And well, I think, it's, I think and, it's ingrained in them. Well, yeah. And I think like, obviously LeBron is going to be a bigger story, the Lakers. And now Victor Wembanyama. like there's more stuff. This should be a huge deal. I'm going to be curious to see what the coverage is, but I also, I don't care if people that watch the bucks two times uh, a year or four times, five times a year. Other than that, they're just watching the highlights and looking at box scores. I don't care if they don't think the Bucks are going to be better than the Celtics, and I don't think fans should. Well, I'm somebody who uh, gets irked easily. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure, Justin, that there's going to be a day I get <laughs> I get uh, banned from the of all the places in the world. I think the Metro market in Shorewood is going to have enough of me. <laughs> so two things have happened recently. I tried to get liquor and then pay for it with the rest of my groceries. But the guy was adamant. I had to pay for it at the liquor spot. Why? Which I don't know. And then, so I said, I said, well, screw it. I'm just, I'm not buying any of these groceries. And I just left my cart and left. And then did you today, say that to him? Yeah. I said, I'm not buying Then I'm out. And then today I bought three things. I bought a pack of breakfast burritos. I bought a six pack of Mountain Dew Zero. And I bought uh, garbage bags, Kroger brand. And I left after the self-checkout and my cart stopped. 
three items. And the guy's like, oh, let me see your receipt. And then I ripped it out of his hand. And he goes, damn. And I go, well, this is some fucking bullshit. He's like, I didn't stop your cart. I said, well, you might as well have. If you don't, if you, if you don't trust that I can't leave your store with three items, then pay for a guy to, to check me out. So anyway, I did want, I did, I did want to gripe about that, but I, I'm a real Karen when I go to that store. Uh, are you always a self checkout guy? I am, yeah, yeah. So am I. Um, like, I mean, I get like at first, especially when when these became more prevalent in the well, you're taking away jobs and like, I guess, but like, I uh, look, uh, you know me well enough. I don't think I'm like um, an intimidating guy, but I just I also don't want to be approached. And uh, as many interactions that I can limit throughout the day, especially you know during this season, I'm pretty busy. So when I go to the grocery store, I'm usually like listening to content or podcasts or something else that I have to work on. And it's just my way of knowing like, hey, this is how I can budget my time. So the more I can limit not having to engage in small talk and like, Hey, how about that weather? Or do you see it's supposed to snow next week? Like, yeah, that's a, no, what is, like there's, there's no, there's no positive yeah. of that in my life. It's a right. Negative. Like, no, I'll find out when it snows next week or when I open up the weather app, like I don't need you to remind me. So if I can limit that, I do. So for that reason, I go to the self checkout all the time. Um, but now it seems like we had this, this period where those became popular and then you would get people way back when that would write a check at self-checkout or didn't know how to use it. And then I think like we all kind of agreed and maybe it was COVID when there was more of that, like, all right, we know how to use it now, but I've noticed like since then it's reverted back to this is an excellent point. Yeah. Like I'm going to take 25 items and look, if you're a seasoned self-checkout person and you know, like it's small items, I can get in and out fine. Like, I don't care if, if the limit is 10 and you have 45 of them, if you can get out of there, great. Well, I used to I used to be a grocery store uh, begging attendant, so I know how to do well, it. So you clearly can do it then, yeah. But now we're getting more and more of these people that, like, when I go to a self-checkout and I see there's, like, six of them and they're all taken and four of them have the blinking lights because somebody doesn't know what they're doing, I debate every single day. Like, I'm just leaving the cart and I'm walking out. Well, that 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 I feel. I feel like grocery stores have also, they're like, finding reasons to make it tougher you can't just put admire you can put your coupon in and go about your day at pick and save it's got to be like all right well let me inspect oh you got alcohol no it's your number it can't just oh you got you got fucking cough syrup yeah i because i'm gonna i'm 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 a 17 year old confidently strolling buying nyquil that i shouldn't the like i'm a pretty seasoned self-checkout person and i feel like i know what i'm doing there but to me what drives me crazy like meyer probably has the best setup but like metro markets and pick and saves are not the greatest because of the space that you have for your bags so like if i need two bags and i gotta move this one out then it's like well we gotta send the attendant because it looks like you're trying to steal food like no i'm just trying to put the second bag here so basically as we sports and stuff this um what's 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 happened and what i want people to be aware of is this kind of uh ire that i feel these kind of you know it's, sort of curb your enthusiasm like, your everyday life people now <laughs> sort of your curb your enthusiasm type situations like i i don't need to be this way uh i'm not born this way 
it's really the Ramona Shelbournes of the world and Brian. Oh, so that's what brings it out. Okay, that makes me this way. Because when I'm yeah. when I when my cart freezes, and thinking that I stole some, first thing that goes in my head is, uh, you know, Brian Windhorse and what he said the wait. day after. Yeah. So oh oh wait so like, cart like as in the digital screen? Are you saying for cart freeze? Yeah, they froze it as I was leaving the store. It froze. What do you wait? What? I checked all my items and I was leaving the door and my cart locked. Uh, oh, so the actual cart. Well, wow, I've never experienced that. Wow. So then I tried to push it. So I would just abandon it. <laughs> I did, well, but then the guy's like, I need to see your receipt. It's right here, Chief. And then you just And then going. I ripped it out of his hand and he goes, Damn. Are are you uh do you have a Costco membership? No. Oh. Well, there's hey, none by my house. I'm not driving 20 miles away. I mean, the New Berlin one isn't that far. That's my preferred one, uh, too. But uh, well, they I, are, I probably go up to the North Shore. I'm a, I'm a. I, I do love that one. Um, I am a North Shore Nancy at heart. It's just a little bit further to get to. But they, it's so annoying now that they installed self checkout. Which, like, I'm, I'm a Costco guy versus Sam's Club. But like, Sam's has the technology right where I don't even have to talk to anybody. I can just check out through the app and leave. Um, and like pick up and stuff like that. And Costco is still stuck in the 1990s, but they recently installed self checkouts. And now every friggin' time I go there, before you even go to checkout, somebody will come up to you like, can I see your membership card? And like, I'm not taking a cart to Costco because I'm shopping for one. So my hands are full. It's like, how do you expect me to pull out my card right now when I'm holding a 15 pound bag of peanuts and something else? And it's every freaking time, like, if you're that hard, well, whatever, almonds, cashews, something. If you're that uh, afraid that people are just giving out their membership card, like, first of all, who cares? You're still getting the money. Let it be known that I did try to pivot my guests back to basketball, and then you start bitching about You know basketball. what? And I got one other thing that this is my ultimate, like, grinds my gears <laughs> is, uh, I mean, as you can see now, I've been drinking coffee all morning, and I'll drink it all day. And when I get coffee, I just get black coffee. That's it. Uh, well, because you're a man like me. You're an alpha. Mike, like right. Me. I don't use cream or sugar. Sometimes over the summer, I'll get like iced coffee. Uh, but that's it. I don't get lattes or mixed drinks or any of that. And we are very much in the minority that when I go to a place, I am waiting 15 minutes behind four people that just got everything that I don't want. That in 2023, going on 2024, why can we not have one line specifically just for coffee? That is it. Or like pour your own. Right. Yeah. Like just come up and pour it. Cause then someone will burn themselves and sue. So they won't do that. Uh, can we talk about the box? <laughs> <laughs> what I, what I like about um, the preseason game is, you know, I think like Giannis talking afterwards, I've never been that open. And I think that's a good quote to stick. I think like what we wanted and what we'll continue to want for the first couple of weeks is we're going to want that incredible moment instantly. We're going to want, oh my God, this is it. And I think if we take a look at some of the games now and then some of the games towards you know the playoffs, you're going to see a progression of more things being clear for those guys. Because uh, I, I do think a lot of his, Giannis has been great and Dame's been great. And this is completely unlocking like the one thing they never thought they would have yeah. or even be capable to have on the floor with them. And 
I really don't think that we're going to see a game where we go, all right, that is, that's the best it can be. Cause I think it will always improve. And the more these guys play with each other, like, and it's going to open up more for like, I'm excited. I remember one night, it was a Saturday night. It might've been against Portland. Bledsoe was here and they, they all scored 20 points. Yeah. Bledsoe drew and, yeah. and yeah, or Bledsoe Middleton Giannis. And it like never happened. And they yeah. were all like being crazy in the post game. That's going to happen like every night now. Middleton will be open, you know, whoever. This is going to be really uh, fun to watch. And, and it's only going to get better, I think, as they continue to mesh. I remember, uh, I think it was the fall because we got. Thank you. That wasn't a question. Don't go Nick Castellanos on me. I know I didn't officially ask the question. I'm having a conversation is what I'm doing. Uh, It was the, because the Bledsoe deal was, was that December or November? It was early in the season. So it was the following year where I remember we were actually like tracking that on the broadcast too of like, what is the record in games when these guys each score 20 points? Um, And even that you were like, in hindsight, like 20 points is not that hard to score. <laughs> but, and I think it was like seven or something. It was still very low. Uh, a lot of times because you know, like Giannis and Chris would have yeah. more than 20 and blood. So it would be like 15 to 18 or something. Um, but yeah. And, you know, for me, it it's weird too, because you're almost like, I don't know what the takeaways are from preseason. I mean, all the coaches that you, you hear talk about it and Billy Donovan mentioned this specifically before that game uh, against the Bulls, what a week ago, uh, basically saying, I don't take anything from preseason. Like, we know what we want to do. We don't make in-game adjustments. I don't care what the other team does. It's basically like, we want to rebound and we want to score in the paint. So let's let's make sure we're trying to do that in preseason and not get injured. Um, and I kind of side towards that, too, where especially when you look at, for the first two games, some of the lineups that were on the floor, like, I mean, what what is there to take away from from this and the amount of minutes right. Robin Lopez is going to play in the year? Um, but there's a couple of moments last night where you know the the Giannis and Dane pick and roll that we've all played in NBA 2K and have said like this is going to be unstoppable. Um, there's a there was one I remember where Giannis came off the roll and the defense was waiting for him, and I. Think it was Jay Crowder, but just immediately found the read to an open man, and you're like, "Well, that's going to be Chris Middleton a lot of times this year." So, even if you think, "All right, we'll just take Dame out of the equation and take our chances with Giannis," or we'll take Giannis out, and there's Chris Middleton as the third guy. And then the other thing was, which I think is going to be the bigger like work in progress throughout the season, is there's a couple of times where it's the offense is just going to be so different that. You've never had anybody, obviously, like Dame Lillard. I mean, 28 teams, 27 in this league have never had anybody like that. Um, But for the teammates, I think there's a a couple of times you saw last night of, like, after the fact, the realization of, oh, man, we got to look to get the ball back in Dame's hands after he gives it up because not like two Steph levels, but he's moving off screens and he's doing everything he can to get open and we know he can get off his shot. So this is how we did things in the old way. And we kind of got to break our brain to say, Oh, Nope, I got to look for him again. Yeah. It'll continue to improve uh, and and get better and get to a point where it is. Uh, I mean, there's gonna be nights where we laugh. Now I did say this again. I did, I did say this when we got Miritich. <laughs> Ooh, by the way, 
Did you see voted as the best international player not currently in the NBA by GMs? Yeah, well, I think he won the MVP over there mm-hmm. uh, last year. And he was, I was just, it was, I mean, it was just, it was very Jonathan Scope levels of play over here um, to relate it to the Brewers. And I think, so another thing about that game is you know, some people liking the the defense uh, that they were running. That That's a, they, the Bucks trade for Dame. And everyone's trying to make excuses about why the Bucks aren't yet still as good as the Celtics. They never mention coaching. Like they, if you're going to pick on anything, say, "Well, how will this work under a first-year coach?" That that's more, I think, digestible than. Oh no, I mean, Drew, Drew, they barely upgraded. I mean, okay, come on. Uh, the first-year coach part of it, he's got to go through all this. They, there is going to be like they are going to, I think, focus more on defense and hey dame can't play defense guy had three steals on sunday okay not not too bad but i do think like and i'll ask you that you're closer to it but i think there's going to be more of an emphasis on defense and i think that team is willing to do that a little bit more i think they've always especially with Giannis, but i feel like they'll pride themselves on that part of the game it's it's been interesting to to kind of hear some of the stuff that's been said, um, you know, like I don't, I'm not trying to say that oh, these guys just didn't like Bud, and I, I don't think that was the case. Um, you know, Brooke Lopez talked a lot about his relationship with Bud on Media Day and and how Bud basically resurrected his career. That he was kind of a novelty act with the last year in Brooklyn and then that one year in Los Angeles, but there wasn't a whole lot of interest. The Bucks got him for the, I think the mid-level or the biannual exception. And now he's making $25 million a year. And, and all of a sudden uh, in the contention for defensive player of the year and an all NBA type of player. Um, so like Bud did a lot of good. I think what we saw the last um, year was basically, you know, things stale might not be the right word, but everything kind of runs its, its course and gets stale. And I think they were just kind of stuck in this. Well, this is the way we do this. and. For all the knocks on Bud of, well, he doesn't make adjustments. I think that's kind of what came through the most in, in what you're able to parse from what players had said of like, well, this is just kind of how we did it. And you know, Bobby Portis, too, talking about Bud's trust. And you got to win that um, if you're a new guy, especially. And that's why we would see a lot of the same stuff. So that's going to be the biggest change is seeing that. I don't, you know, I don't think it's to the level of I've, I've seen a lot of people pile on too, like, well, we got all these young guys now and they would never develop under Bud. I mean, like, I'll just go back to the Marjan thing. Who was Marjan supposed to play over last year, especially when that team was healthy? I get nothing worked in the playoffs. I don't think Marjan Bochamp was going to be the Jimmy Butler stopper or the guy that would really turn that around. It was a veteran group. And when they were healthy, there just wasn't going to be room for him. So his development had to come with the herd. And this year, it's a little different where it, you're. You're somewhat set, but I do think there's some big opportunities for Marjan and specifically Andre Jackson and, and those young guys. But you know, the Bucks also, when we talk about developing young guys, uh, go through year by year and what those young guys actually were. That it's it's typically one guy that was at the very end of the first round or a second round pick that ideally they can become a rotational piece, right? Like we're not talking about, well, we have this lottery talent that it just never 
came to fruition here in Milwaukee because of those trades and, and their success and where they were drafting, they weren't getting that talent. So I do think that label is a little unfair that we've placed on Bud. Uh, this year, it's a little different with the volume of guys. And, you know, Marjan in year two, the promise that he's shown. Andre Jackson, I like not in terms of their overall game, but his profile and everything around that reminds me somewhat of Malcolm Brogdon, where there was a red flag with Brogdon. It's, it's the knee issues and the health with Andre Jackson. It's his ability to shoot the basketball, um, but played for a top-tier program, played in big moments in college, had a lengthy collegiate career, and already in the preseason, you can see, well, this guy just seems like he knows what to do and isn't going to make mistakes. So that, to me, is, is going to be the big part for, for Adrian Griffin is what happens with those young guys. A lot of it is going to be at the, the herd level, I would assume, but just how you continue to sprinkle them in. Because if you were going to nitpick something, I think it would be um, previously, you know, we would see those flashes of guys. And certainly when injuries would occur, they'd have that opportunity. But then once you're back to full strength, it didn't seem to be this, like, I liked what I saw there. Let's see if we can continue to get a little more. It just kind of been, well, we're just shutting off the hose now because like it never we're back happened. to full yeah. strength. Right, yeah. Like it never occurred. I think, um, you know, this isn't like, why they did it but i do appreciate the uh kind of reinvigoration like of, of the fan base it's it's really you know so the brewers again they they do this they're trying to be competitive every year i won't say the phrase but they're trying to be competitive every year and they think like that is the best way possibly to win a championship uh in baseball maybe it is but it is not the best way to keep the engagement levels high so one of the things I've I've said is you look at some of these seasons that like are crazy where the fans are going nuts. A lot of times the most passionate the like fan bases you get are when teams were bad for a little bit and then get good. Um, when you're always good, like what was this season going to be? It was going to be a lot of going through the motions for everybody. We know where we can get with this team. Um, we're going to wait until the playoffs. Even last year, I, th I, I said last year was just a dress rehearsal for the big show. And then the big show was a flop uh, against the Heat. This year, though, you've taken, if you're going to be a good team like this and reinvigorate the fan base and keep, like, you, you have to do something this crazy, like when the Warriors got KD or whatever. This is just the amount of people talking about the Bucks that normally wouldn't. Uh, the amount of people that I've talked to, like, hey, I want to get to a game or, or whatever, and the Bucks will make money hand over fist uh, with this, which they are a business, so good. Uh, that's you know, it's they're going to put money in. They want to get money out, but it is going to be like every game went from a thing to an event very, very quickly. I think all because of one guy. Yeah, I mean, even if let's say they don't make this trade and they run back the same group and they finish the regular season with the best record or the second best record in the East. Um, you would be interested in the team. You would certainly see a lot of interest in, in even like a twelve-game win streak or something would just be yeah, like, like eh. you would you would show up when they play the Celtics, when they play the Heat in those big games. Um, but now it's well, I mean, they're playing the Magic. It's a cheap ticket, and I want to see Damian Lillard. That there's going to be that interest all throughout the year. And you know, the other thing is you mentioned Adrian Griffin and. 
if you're going to try to pick holes in the Bucks case versus the Celtics, nobody's really mentioning Adrian Griffin. Um, I do think this trade actually helped him because if you didn't make that deal and you just ran back the same group, you run the risk of becoming stale very quickly. And, you know, I think Giannis's comments um, were certainly calculated. I know he said, Hey, I make those comments every year. Um, but I, you know, from the moment he made those, I took that as I like this group that we have. I know we can be competitive with this, this makeup of these four guys, myself included, but like, what's the plan in two years? Because we can't just keep running this back with, Brooks age and you know Drew and Chris both older than me as well that I, I took that as all right you know this will work for a year or two but what's plan B and what are we doing when we have the decisions to make two years from now and if you didn't make this day ta- this trade you have a new coach you have the same group you basically change nothing other than Adrian Griffin if you get off to a slow start it, the the conversation immediately shifts to Giannis and what's happening with him. You're below 500, let's say, for the first 20 games, or it's just not what you would expect. You got that going on. You have pressure on on your teammates because they're thinking, well, what's going to happen with Giannis? And then also it starts to shift to Adrian Griffin, and the conversation would then become too, like, is Giannis going to leave because the Bucks picked the wrong coach? Now all that's out the window, that all the attention is going yeah. to be on I want to see how this works with these two guys. Yeah. And I think it's somebody like, was like, Oh, this isn't no good. This is a rental. Like this is going to be, it's going to be a thing for a while. And I don't I, like Giannis basically said, I'll sign. Like he said the phrase I'll <laughs> sign next year, whether you read a lot into that or not. Um, you know, I think this is going to be a thing where the, I mean, why, why this is, unprecedented like in basketball to actually get these two guys and that picture the bucks put out uh, the other day with kareem i mean that was amazing um i just like this is this is great obviously you would want to win a championship when you have these kind of guys i did say if if they win if if this is the duo if they're here for the next four years i can pick the year i want a title i need it now i want the title now but we'll see i think it's going to be a fun ride or whatever however long it lasts and uh it's 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 gotten me jacked up for games and nights where i think a lot of us uh no matter how big a bucks fans we fancy ourselves would have been going through the motions well and you know not only that that i i agree with that last part um especially somebody who has to host an hour-long post-game show after the radio broadcast which can be uh, difficult at times if you're playing like the Charlotte Hornets in February and you just won by 35 points. Um, so this will certainly help there. And also it coincides with the league also saying, you know, we recognize we've had a problem with the regular season. So we got to do things. I'm still curious to see the in-season tournament and how much that changes things. So I mean, the Bucks, the Bucks put out their list of theme nights. They included in-season tournament yeah. in the theme nights. Yeah, I mean, those are themes, man. It's a chance for, what, the players will each win. Uh, if you win the tournament, I think it's 500000 So well, that's, for, a, that's why I root for sports is so that well, I, mean, I root for my point is My point is more of the competition that you'll see in those games. Now, 
five hundred thousand uh, dollars would certainly make a, a large difference in any of our lives. But for Giannis and Dame and those guys and Brooke, yeah, I mean, great. I'm not going to turn it down. But for like younger guys, yeah, you're going to see that competition in those nights. And I mean, I get the sense that the league, because we're still waiting on the new TV deal, I get the sense that the league is has kind of already have already. You just muted yourself. You you muted yourself. You muted yourself. Now, perfect. Uh, yeah, no. Long story short, <laughs> technology. So now I'm I'm no no different than than somebody at the uh, self checkout. But yeah, I I do think the I league think is basically in, by the way that, no, that's teams. all staying. That's all staying in. What did you? What were you saying? How did you not notice that I I was waving my hands? Oh, now I got you. Now I got you. All right. What oper- What are you operating? I, at? I, I moved the microphone, and it's so finicky that once if it gets bumped, it just changes the default settings to like computer speaker and and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, long story short, I think the league is is basically cold teams. Like this is a big deal for our our upcoming TV deal, and we need you to play like this is the playoffs and this matters. So I I think you're going to see that for these games. Wow. Great. Um, Not into it? Not into the theme night of the season tournament? We'll see what happens. I think the fact that uh, we'll be talking about basketball in a different way in November is probably healthy. But what I think is Adam Silver saw a design with soccer in England. Yeah. Doesn't have the infrastructure to do that. Yeah. And is going to try to do it anyway. Yeah. So. Yeah. Like if, and if they do an international club tournament, that'd be crazy good. I was just going to say it. I mean, it seems like this. It's all obviously coming from soccer. And I think Adam has, has even referenced that he's a fan of it. And he's he, that's one of the things he likes about what we see there. But you see everybody else point to like, well, they should try this or this or this. And to your point, like. Uh, no, like we're not set up like that. Like certainly not like relegation. The NBA, I mean, if the NBA had a G League and an H League and an I League, right, and it's right. like if they had six leagues and then Canada and Mexico and yeah. uh, any other country also had like an NBA equivalent league. Oh yeah, you can do these tournaments left and right, but you are the thing. You're not going to get Atlanta and New York to turn on the jets in a November just because of just because you told them to. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm curious to see how this evolves. And uh, if we do eventually see some type of in-season tournament that features international play um, as well. And I think the other part too is, I mean, they clearly think it was a problem and it, it was that, you know, if, if you're a fan and let's say your son loves Steph Curry and you buy tickets to bring your son or daughter to the Bucks game because they want to see Steph Curry. Like it's not the right model for the league to be like, well, you should have checked the schedule and saw that that's night two of a back-to-back for the Warriors. Sorry, you won't get to see him. And those tickets that you just paid for are basically meaningless. So everything they've done between the, the tournament to a lesser extent, but even the player participation stuff um, and the, the whole, you got to be, 65 games to be awards eligible it is all cognizant of 
fans don't like what we do for 82 games during the year. Our playoff model is great. We like it. And they will certainly point to the Miami Heat and the Lakers as why the the uh, play-in tournament is a success. But it's really, what, like mid-December through the All-Star break that you have this issue with a lack of interest. And if if your best players aren't playing and if guys are are basically, you know, injuries occur, but if you're not seeing your best players on a nightly basis, then it becomes a problem. So I think they have basically told you this is a problem and we're trying to, to, to fix it. Even the reports from last week that one of the memos was telling players, this is an 82 game season. So you need to approach this as 82 is the number and not two thirds of that. So I texted you the other day about uh, WWE. Cause they're they they had a SmackDown that was for the ages. It had everything. It was great. <laughs> Big moments, backstage moments, in front moments. And I see like so there was this little, if you if you're not aware, and I think most of you are that you like wrestling. AEW is gonna be on a Tuesday because of hockey, I think, or baseball. Yeah. So okay, whatever. So then NXT's on Tuesday, and WWE's like, well, we don't want to give them an inch. So let's throw everybody there. And they beat them substantially in the uh, live ratings. And Tony Khan was tweeting and promoting this thing. And then they got beat. And then he's he's looking for justifications. Uh, Tony Khan runs AEW. I see so much of early day Bart Winkler and Tony Khan. <laughs> uh, especially like, because I, Tony Khan's new guy on the block. He's going against this behemoth. When I started on radio, I who is this guy? Um, I remember I was driving home one day and Gary Ellerson was just going on this rant about how, hey, guys, we're going to have our best month of shows. You guys don't even, like he was telling the big show that. He was shitting on me because I had tweeted something like, don't you even stop. We're going to have our best month of shows. And then, you know, I'm just guy and I'm going against people that have been in the business in town for 30 years and i'm throwing any shot that i can and that's what tony khan's going through basically his insecurity is uh making him look like a jackass and i've been there and so i feel for him i think the product's inferior but i feel for him so i um i loved aew when it when it started and i and to when they've come to Milwaukee, I've gone to every one of those events, but the most recent one, um, because the last 12 months, maybe 15 months, it has clearly been inferior. Uh, I think a lot of it, if we can be armchair psychologists here, I mean, it seems like Tony Khan is just taking on too much. Um, some of the tweets from last week also make it seem like he is not fully processed what uh, he hinted at going through last year and maybe he needs to step away and address that. Cause like imagine triple H tweeting out, like I almost died uh, due to that heart ailment. What a year ago. And on my deathbed, Tony Khan signs, Adam Cole and Brian Danielson. And that's when this became personal to me and not business. Like I get you're a fan, you're passionate. You seem to care about your wrestlers. But, like, you're also the CEO of a company, and you can't uh, work like that. You can't present yourself like that publicly. And I think the biggest problem they have, too, is, you know, when when they first came along, it was nice because it was an alternative. Uh, 
I lived through the TNA experience. I didn't watch TNA because I knew after like one showing, like, well, this is when they moved to Monday nights. Yeah. And the Hulk Hogan thing too. And it took one episode of, yep, this isn't for me. Um, but like AEW was different. They had a billboard and in Times Square. They People did. Forget. People <laughs> forget. They they started out as the clear alternate to WWE. We're not trying to do WWE. We're gonna have a better work rate. It's it's younger stars that a lot of fans may not know that we're developing. And in the last year, it's just shifted to everything we hated about TNA, where it's well, what happened to your younger stars and really presenting them more? I know some of them are still featured, but like. What happened to being the alternative to WWE? And now you're signing every former WWE guy you can get your hands on. And those are the guys that are at the top of your card. What they're doing with MJF is totally, it's awful and laughable. And I know everybody's defending it because you just don't get it. But if the WWE was doing this, where their champion is never defending the title, I know you can say that about Roman Reigns, but he has just as many defenses as MJF. And he's in a comedy angle where it's just these stupid inside jokes and that's all you're doing. Everybody here would be crapping all over that. But because it's AEW and because it's all the indie darlings, they love it. And they just program their shows in a vacuum where it's every week we're going to put on these great matches. And if you just want to unplug and watch great wrestling matches, sure, AEW is great, but they do nothing to advance any storylines. And it's just drifting more and more towards the let's bring in all these other guys when we already have a ton of people on the roster that we're not using. And Tony Khan just acting like a madman on Twitter. Yeah, I'm trying to think where the top moments of AEW have been so far. Like ever in the history of it? Yeah. Um, Punk coming back was huge. Punk and then back. He, he, he's in worse shape than Tony Khan almost. Um, yeah, Punk, uh, Punk's return. I think Hangman Page winning the title was a pretty good moment. Um, the night that Adam Cole came out and then uh, Brian Danielson. Danielson. Those are those WWE yeah. guys. Yeah. Um, Edge's return didn't pop a number no. at all. Well, look. there's a promo. Did you see that promo from like eight years ago? Yeah. Where Triple I, H is yelling at Edge like, you don't draw. You don't move numbers. Well, I mean, that's the thing. I like Edge. Uh, I think we were talking about it as it happened, too. And that I was really disappointed that he went there because I liked Edge. And I didn't realize how much I liked him until like the last year in WWE. And when it became apparent, he's probably leaving. Um, But like even that last run, like Edge just isn't a draw. I liked him, but he's not going to move the numbers. He's not going to sell tickets and advance your ratings. He's just kind of, you know, a guy, I, I think is how he's viewed. And uh, I didn't expect him to do anything massive for AEW. I think it was funny too, all the shots that you see of Edge coming out. And we saw the difference last week on the show too, realizing, well, I don't have to run to that side because that's where the hard cam is and nobody's sitting there. And all the AEW fans getting in their feelings too of like, oh, it's a hard cam. WWE does the same thing. I've been to both shows like WWE still has fans on the hard cam side. You're just not sitting with the hard cam. Like some of these shots of, of the crowd, it's, it's jarring. And that's like the other big problem is Tony has nobody there. I I'd assume it was Jeff Jarrett that was going to help him with it, but nobody there that like seems to help him out with running the business side of things for a wrestling company where, you know, each of the times that I did go to an event here, 
the um i get like the 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 interaction and just the overall like the vibe in that building had gone down each time there were lesser fans fewer fans each time and you're seeing that in some of the cities that they're running that the crowds are a lot smaller now they just keep going to the same cities over and over too that you're killing Plus, those Giannis towns. almost busted his leg Giannis did that and now like the other thing too is like they made the panic move when they don't push tickets that they do everything you'll see from local clubs too of like well two for one tickets this day so now your fans know well, there's no point in buying tickets immediately if I could wait until the, the week of the show and, and get them 50% off. Yeah, like what the Brewers did in the playoffs. <laughs> Buy tickets for 50 bucks when we think we're playing the Cubs, then the Cubs are out, and all of a sudden, uh, Pato buys 5,000 tickets for free. That right? yeah, I- was so it was so almost jarring to me uh, that last week, the amount of times they were pushing ticket sales on the broadcast for playoffs where you're thinking like, do we really need to drum up interest in playoff tickets? And well, cause that's the thing it's year in and year out. Well, and that's, that's what I was going to say is like, you know, you think back to the first two or so years and it was still like, man, I can't believe the Brewers in the playoffs. And now I think the fan base is just kind of over it where it's like, well, we get to the playoffs, but I'll be interested and in, I'll buy tickets when we get to the LCS. I think that's where it is. All right. Well, thanks for your time. Uh, I don't really have a good way to sign off. I just, you have a busy life. I'm going to take a nap. Uh, I could get real into the weeds with you on AEW uh, and WWE. I think that's I just, what the fans one, want. one company, like I want to enjoy, I want to be sports entertained. I think I want to see good wrestling matches. The whole reason I got into wrestling, I never watched it as a kid. I got into it as a 25 year old because I saw Shawn Michaels and Undertaker at my buddy's house. So I'm like, this is amazing. Must watch this. I sift through all the bad. And sometimes there's 90% bad, but the 10% is so good. You stay with the good. One company is focused on sports entertaining. The other is trying to get five, five, five star ratings a night from some guy. Everyone claims they don't like, but it <laughs> bows down to at every turn. The whole like, company exists to get five star ratings. Five star matches. It. And it's not even a thing. Like it's arbitrary and it's not like the, a- the AEW. AEW is promoting this week some match with Kenny Omega against some guy I've never heard of. Build so, him up. Don't we, assume we, that your audience also follows like. Well, that's the other thing too Japan. with all the, the Ring of Honor stuff too. Like, oh my God, it's this group. Like, do you think I watch Ring of Honor? Like, you, yeah. there's so many hours of wrestling every week that you think I'm really watching that stuff. I watch Who, Raw and SmackDown and sometimes NXT. You think I've got an yeah. intricate history of the Bullet Club just <laughs> at my steady? No. Who Who's your favorite guy in AEW? Who is? Yeah. <sighs> Fuck. Uh, pretty rough. I mean, I think MJF. Uh, so I would have said that like six months. I would probably say Ricky Starks now, just because I think MJF. It's either he has really, really bad instincts, or like Tony is even worse at booking shows than than we think. Because like this has been brutal since MJF. I like Wardlow's build up to beating MJF, and then they like sent him on a year long vacation. Yeah, yeah. I uh, there's just so much more, and I I would have never thought I would say this. 12 months ago there's just so much more that i enjoy about wwe than AEW. yeah who's my favorite guy in wwe fuck where do i begin yeah kevin sammy 
Oh, L.A. Knight. Yeah. L.A. Knight, yeah. The Bloodline. Cody. Cody. I'm, all of a sudden I'm, cool I'm again. totally into the Cena run. Oh, Randy's I mean, coming I'm, back soon. I I am not into the Like, for one, I did watch uh, wrestling as a kid. I had friends as a kid. I, I suppose I should preface with that. But I did watch wrestling as a kid. And um, I was just never into the whole cena thing i hated it in i wasn't time. either i'm a, I'm like a one-year convert of liking cena i hated it in real time and it's even worse now because he's just playing a caricature of john cena from the i don't 2000s. like when he's like can you see me yeah can oh, you see? Oh, i don't oh, like goofy facial expressions he's in on the joke that that yeah. he is he is a little overboard yeah I did not mean to keep you this long, but thanks. No, I mean no. Anytime uh, we get a chance to talk about the sweet science, I am. Uh, I'm. Sur- Are you going to SmackDown or Survivor Series? I think uh, SmackDown. I might. I'm waiting to see if I can get a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, I assume you're afraid to me. I'm still. You're, uh, you're one of the five people that I might be able to finagle a ticket from. I'm still. Uh, I think I told I'm moving that day, so I'm hoping to have everything wrapped. Well, last up time and, they were in town, I got to interview Cody Rhodes on this I know, show. I know, yeah, which was weird, but he was awesome. Be, now you try to get LA Knight. And, sorry, he's busy. He's doing the yeah. Today Show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cody, Cody sat down. He's like, "Yeah, I'm doing an hour of these. Uh, I love doing them." But Rio was in the next room doing like four hours, and she, he's like. That is too much. <laughs> like, what is she doing? <laughs> but yeah, he was great. I don't know. Maybe I'll. I wonder who they'll offer this time around. Oh man, Rhea Ripley. If you could get her, Rhea, one of the pretty deadly guys, Butch. <laughs> Butch. All right, Justin Garcia. Uh, listen to his post games and then come and find mine after his. Because he, I. This is just. This is just a hobby for me i don't i don't care i'm not i'm not well, doing hey, this it's a pretty well-paid hobby I'm not, I'm not doing this to try to you know stay relevant is is what i call myself the cockroach of milwaukee sports media you can't kill me you think i'm dead i'm popping up on your goddamn tv screens monday mornings what the fuck i mean it, you may be one but i i can think of larger cockroaches in milwaukee media i should probably keep the names to myself though some love the larger cockroaches, like people put breadcrumbs on their doorstep and invite them in. Uh, I have to fight for my own scraps. So that's a good point to leave. Justin Garcia. Thanks, buddy. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.